You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 215. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Earn That Body podcast, and we are here today to talk about stretching and foam rolling because so many people always ask me, when should I stretch? What type of stretches should I do? Do I need to foam roll? Can I foam roll instead of stretching? So many great questions. And I think we all know that stretching is good for the body, but do you ever wonder if you should stretch before or only after a workout? Should you foam roll before or only? Or should you foam roll instead of? I see so many people foam rolling and not stretching. So all of those things I dove into, tried to get as much research as I could behind it. And I'm going to share all of that with you today after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we are talking about hydration. I actually think it's really important to focus on hydration this time of year. It's it's you know winter time in 2021. I never know when you're gonna listen to this, so maybe it's summertime for you, but if you're listening to it the live week that it comes out, it is winter right now. And in wintertime, we tend to not drink enough water. It's just not on our mind. Like in the summertime, you're constantly sweating, you're hot, and you sort of are more likely to drink water on your own. But honestly, in winter, it's kind of like you forget because it's just not that hot out. But according to this article, why hydration should be on your mind, it says that people who like to work up a sweat should definitely have proper hydration practices on their mind. A review in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise found strong evidence that athletes who lose more than 2% of their body weight in fluids all too common in prolonged bouts of sweaty exercise, suffer noticeable declines in mental performance. The review noted declines in attention, motor coordination, and the executive functioning your brain needs to focus, organize, and remember details. Dehydration can be particularly detrimental to people in sports like tennis and mountain biking because these activities need a certain level of brain power and coordination. But also think about those people and those fitness participants who sweat a ton in a cycle class. You know those people. Sometimes you look next to you and there is just a bucket of sweat underneath them. And if they don't drink enough before or afterward, it can definitely impact them. Following class, they may have to tackle tasks like driving home or work projects that require true mental ability. This is a good reminder of why education about sound hydration practices should be a part of any exercise program. And you might even take note, you know, after my cycle classes, I do come home and struggle more at work or with my classes if you're you're in school, whatever it might be, and it might simply be because you're dehydrated. So this was a great uh, article from the Fitness Journal of Idea Magazine. And again, just a really important reminder, whether you're a heavy sweater or not, that it just your basic water alone will often be enough to hydrate you. And I do like to point out that you don't need any kind of 
energy drink to hydrate you. So a lot of people think, oh, well, I'm sweating a lot, so I need an energy drink to replace. You might need that if you're like, for one, a huge sweater, but generally they say if you're working out over an hour, that might be the point at which you add something to regular water. But really for workouts one hour and under, regular water with nothing in it is all you're going to need to stay properly hydrated. And then just on that note, I always like to tell my clients, how do you know if you're properly hydrated? Just check when you go to the bathroom, your urine should be light yellow. If it's clear, you've probably overhydrated, and yes, you can in fact overhydrate, so you want it to be light yellow. If it's dark yellow, likely you need a lot more water. So stay hydrated this winter and maybe take note if there are certain days that you seem to not have as clear of, a, or I should say more mental clarity, maybe after certain workouts or if you're starting to feel mentally sluggish on days that maybe you had a big cardio workout that morning. Just something to think about, right? All right, we're gonna be talking about stretching. We are going to be talking about foam rolling, when to do it, should you do it, what do we know about the research, right? Well, let's talk first about stretching. We're gonna get into some of the basics. First things first, and this has been widely known and researched for a very long time now, but a lot of people still don't know it. So static stretching is out. It's a no-no before a workout. So it's not out altogether. It's just before a workout, you do not, do not, do not want to static stretch. Now, it used to be in the old days. Well, I'm 48 years old, so my old days. This is totally how they would warm up before workouts. They would do all these static stretches before they realized that these static stretches are not benefiting you at all. They are not helping you warm up. If anything, static stretching is sort of hindering performance if you do it before a workout. You don't want to hold a stretch. That's what static stretching is. It's when you hold a stretch for a certain amount of time before the body is even warmed up, all right? The muscles aren't warmed up, so when you perform that static stretch while your muscles are cold and the body is sort of cold as well, it can in fact create some injury. Sometimes you like push past a certain point with a static stretch before you're warmed up and you hurt yourself for one. A comprehensive review found that static stretching when done alone before working out led to decreases in strength, power, explosive performance. I was once told that static stretching is like turning the muscle off once you're, once you're done with the stretch. And we don't really wanna turn the muscles off before we work out. We're just trying to warm up and turning them on. So definitely don't wanna turn a muscle off so we don't want to do static stretching before any workout. So what do you wanna do before a workout? You wanna do what's called dynamic stretching. Dynamic stretching. According to the National Strength and Conditioning Association, recommends dynamic stretching prior to any physical activity because it actively prepares the muscles, it warms up the body, and it takes the muscles through a full range of motion. So that dynamic stretch is full of active 
movements where the joints and the muscles can truly move through a full range of motion. So it's 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 moving stretching. You can think of it that way. It's not static where you're holding, you know, when you like hold a calf stretch and you count to 30. No, that's static. Dynamic is when you're moving through a motion. And I'm going to give you a few different ideas of what those dynamic stretches could be. One study shows that dynamic stretching can help enhance muscles power and strength, while further research shows that dynamic stretching can help to prevent severe injury and improves neuromuscular control during the active movements. So performing your dynamic stretches before each training session that you do can increase blood flow to the muscles, improve strength and power, and most importantly, reduce that risk for injury, all right? So like, what do I mean by a dynamic stretch? So you know, you sometimes do side lunges, like if you're facing me and you're gonna lunge from side to side. So you, instead of holding the lunge down, you're just moving from side to side. You don't stop. That's a dynamic side lunge. What about simple arm circles? You hold those arms out straight towards each side wall and you do little circles to the back and then you do little circles to the front and you're continuously moving in a dynamic way. Even a leg swing could be considered a dynamic stretch when a lot of runners, they warm up with maybe a slow jog and then they stop and they do a series of drills. And leg swings is generally one of those drills considered dynamic stretching. Even knee to chest, another good one for runners and walkers, not just holding your knee in, but you bring your knee into the chest, set it down, other knee, sort of while you're walking, so you're continuing with movement. All of those are dynamic stretches that are wonderful to do to help your body warm up before you do any type of workout. Now, static stretching, as we said, is when you hold a stretch for a period of time and it's done after a workout, all right? So you do wanna do static stretching. It's not that static stretching is out and you shouldn't do it. It's just you don't wanna do it before the workout. You wanna do it after the workout. So this involves stretching a muscle to near its furthest point and then holding that position for say 15 or 20 seconds. The emphasis is often to focus on a single muscle group at a time with each stretch. Not only can static stretching improve flexibility and range of motion, it can also help your muscles recover a lot faster after a workout, and that can lead to less pain and stiffness later in the day. Hopefully you don't have pain, just so you know, after a workout, but I will tell you that stretching will definitely help minimize something like that. Static stretching is also great it, it's also a great way, I should say, to release stress and tension in the muscles, which can help you feel just more relaxed. So think about, you know, we do a strength training class. I know uh, we're starting my Earn That Body live streaming strength classes, which are awesome. And after class, sometimes you can feel sort of tense, like your muscles are all super tight. And that's why in all of my trainings that we do, all these live trainings, it always includes 
are stretching at the end because I'm not gonna let you leave my class, even an online class, I'm not gonna let you leave until we stretch those muscles out. You're gonna feel better, you're gonna recover faster, and you're gonna feel more relaxed without that tension and too much tightness in the muscles. So we want the muscles to look tight, but we don't want to feel tight, shoulders up to our ears all day, because that's certainly not a relaxed way to live, right? So when you think of static stretching, most of you know what that is, but like think of a quad hold. So when you bring that foot towards your glute to get a quad stretch and you simply hold it for 15 to 20 seconds, or maybe a tricep stretch, you wanna always stretch your triceps, bring that arm up and over your head, sort of holding onto the top of the elbow. Again, holding it, that's what static means, it's a hold for, the you know 10 to 20 seconds whatever it's going to be you want to hold it for a certain period of time calf stretch as well so that static stretching is significantly important you just want to make sure you do it after the workout because like i said earlier it's sort of like turning off the muscle right and when the workout is done we can tell our muscles it's time to shut down now a lot of people ask me can you overstretch? And the answer would be, it is definitely possible to overstretch. Overstretching can involve muscles, joints, or even both of them. And it occurs when the muscle or joint is pushed well beyond its normal limits. Now, muscles that are overstretched will appear lax instead of toned and can cause instability issues within a joint, creating a lot of problems ranging from microscopic tears in the tissues to full tears of muscles, tendons, or even ligaments. Joints are also more likely to become hyperextended when you overstretch a muscle. Now to prevent overstretching and muscle damage, remember to warm up completely before you begin your workout. That's one thing that's always gonna be super important. You also really need to just know your own limits within your body. Pain would be an indication that you need to back off. And just because you can do a stretch doesn't mean that it's necessarily good for you or it still could be too much. So I could be a perfect example of that because back in the day I used to do a lot of yoga and I am fairly flexible. And I used to do a lot of Ashtanga classes and the teachers would come around and they would sort of help adjust you and help you get into a bind. If you know what I'm talking about, you probably cringed because <laughs> when an instructor puts you into a bind or helps you get into a bind that you couldn't get into kind of on your own, that might be overdoing it. And I didn't really realize that until much later, probably years later, when I realized I always used to walk out of my Ashtanga classes kind of limping, my knee kind of hurt, my hip kind of hurt, my shoulder kind of hurt, because the teachers would push me past my limits. I was able to do it. They were able to grab the wrist and grab the ankle and connect them and I held it and I sort of had to breathe through it. But honestly, I do not feel that that was a benefit at all. And I was walking away a bit too overstretched. So it is my personal opinion. If you're an Ashtanga teacher, I'm sorry, but it is my opinion. If someone cannot get into a bind on their own, it might not be best to force them into that bind just because you can get them. <laughs> 
to that point, right? But the same can be true just regular stretching. You know, sometimes you go into a stretch and you're like, you know what? I know I can force myself to, to push a little bit deeper, but if it causes you pain or you just sort of have this sensation that that's a little too much, just back off. It's not the kind of thing where you have to feel pain to get the gain, all right? We wanna stretch the muscles, we wanna become more flexible, but we don't want to do any damage. So that's really everything for stretching. It is essential. You want a dynamic stretch before the workout. You want a static stretch after the workout. But now let's get to what everybody's doing, foam rolling. To me, foam rolling, it's like the new stretching of our time. <laughs> and it's not that foam rolling is new because it's been around for many, many years now, but I see more people foam rolling these days than I see people stretching. So for those of you who don't know what foam rolling is, a foam roller is a lightweight, it's a cylindrical tube of compressed foam, and it may be used for a whole bunch of different reasons, including increasing flexibility, reducing soreness, eliminating muscle knots. Foam rolling is basically a method of self-myofascial release. The rollers come in different sizes, different colors, different degrees of firmness. And for years, I honestly have been Googling here and there. I'm always sort of wondering, what is the research behind foam rolling? And I'll be honest, for a long time, and even still, I couldn't really come up and find that much actual research. Now, the benefits of foam rolling could range from warming up your muscles to actually helping you recover faster after a workout. That's about as much info as I can sort of find in a lot of the research. Right now, the limited research that's out there suggests that foam rolling may be able to do most of what you hope, like I just said, like warm up your body for a workout, help you recover from one, or just loosen tight, achy muscles. So that's about all they can sort of figure out. <laughs> so for example, um, a small study they did, a 16-person study in 2018 from the University of Stirling in UK found that after foam rolling, it took less effort for a muscle pro to produce a given amount of force. Its findings bolster, bolster previous studies in which people reported that they felt less fatigued when they foam rolled as part of the warmup. And then meanwhile, an eight person study in the Journal of Athletic Training suggests that foam rolling after a workout can help reduce delayed onset muscle soreness. You might have heard of that called DOMS and therefore boost your performance in later workouts. And after all, a lot of times what slashes your performance during one workout is the fact that your muscles are still sore from the last one. So that's definitely a benefit. A comprehensive review published in the International Journal of Sports Physical Therapy concluded that foam rolling promotes short-term increases in range of motion. According to this research, it consistently shows that foam rolling can increase muscle flexibility, which means you feel less tight and probably perform your workouts with better, more efficient and safer form. Now, as you probably noticed, these are all really small studies, right? Eight people, six people. These are really small studies. 
An exercise physiologist and lead author of the University of Sterling study explains that despite the fact that most physical therapists, exercise physiologists, and fitness trainers fervently suggest foam rolling, when it comes to nailing down the benefits in terms of research, we just they just aren't really there yet. It's hard to say why scientific evidence is lagging behind the huge popularity of foam rolling. People really love it. Um, McGregor, this PhD who did the research, said, I suppose it's just the usual case that it takes a long time to build up the level of research that's needed to provide solid evidence on any technique or intervention. Now, I've seen it recommended before workouts. A lot of people do like to foam roll before workouts as a way to get blood flow to the muscles. They say you should do that probably with the dynamic stretching. And then people definitely love to foam roll after post-workout. So it sounds like it has the most impact on delayed onset muscle soreness, which is great. I mean, we don't want to have DOMS. We don't want to be super sore the next day. So if it's even going to maybe lighten the load of muscle soreness, great. It can help with flexibility, they say, but it's for a limited duration. It's not going to be like, oh, once you roll, you're going to maintain that flexibility now for the next five days. It's really for a very limited duration of time. Now, how to foam roll. Basically, you sit or lie on a mat on the floor and you place a particular body part on top of the roller. And then what you do is you move the roller back and forth underneath that muscle and you sort of hold on that spot for maybe 30 to 90 seconds until you get a reduction in tenderness. It's important to breathe, they say, while you're doing this, kind of like getting a massage. When you're, you know, they're into a deep area that might be really tender, you just really want to make sure you're inhaling and fully exhaling to help relax the muscles. So for example, if you were going to roll out your calf muscle, you're going to sit on the mat with your legs in front of you or your hands behind you, you're going to need that support. You're going to place one calf on top of the roller and then you're simply going to move your leg back and forth over the roller. And it literally feels like some kind of myofascial release massage. To roll your quadricep muscles on the front of the thigh, you are basically going to get into sort of a modified plank and you're going to lay on your elbows while lying with your hips and thighs on top of the roller and sort of move back and forth on the quads. I personally love to foam roll my quads. I love to foam roll my glutes, my hips. I do love the way it feels because again, this is like a myofascial release, right? Now, one thing you should be aware of is just like overstretching, you can overdo it with foam rolling. Now, this happened to me once, and it just pains me that it that, that this even happened, but I don't know if you recall the series, uh, and again, I'm aging myself, but P90X is a funny series. So it's an amazing, it, you know, it was the old school video workout, which was amazing. I used to do it all the time and I swear it helped me put on all the muscle, uh, got me started, I should say, in putting on a lot of muscle back in the day. Couple things that they you need to watch out for if you still do P90X, if it's still out there. For one, they static stretch before the workouts. <laughs> so don't do their stretches before the workout because mostly they're doing a lot of static stretching in some of those videos. And we just learned that you don't wanna do that. 
Sadly, I actually think the research was already out there that you weren't supposed to static stretch before a workout when they did that series, but they did it anyway. Anyway, that's life. But they also sold this foam roller that came with the set. So it probably was like an option when I bought the videos that you could get the foam roller and the push-up bars and all that stuff. Well, this particular foam roller has little points that come out of it. Uh, I don't know how to explain it more than that, but there's like these little soft points that come out of it. And several years ago, after running a 10K, I think it was the fastest 10K I ever ran. It was a really good 10K. I felt really good. My calves were not sore. I felt great, but I rolled with that particular roller and I kind of like went really deep for some reason. It was like, I, I figured my calves would be sore afterwards. I was wearing more of a flat for racing and I was concerned about calf soreness, but it literally had no calf soreness. Like at all after the race and usually you feel it pretty quickly i went kind of deep and then the next day i couldn't walk and i know it was because of that roller i overdid it and it probably did a little muscle damage so i don't recommend you use that kind of roller use a soft roller without any points and don't push to the limit that you feel pain because then you can damage the muscle. Clearly I did, it took like a week to, to heal from that. Um, so be very cautious, it's just like everything else. You can overdo it with stretching, you can overdo it with foam rolling, and you'll know, because if you push yourself on a tender point and it is like really super painful, it's not always the best thing to sit in that for too long, right? So yes, a lot of these points are tender, but try to really honor yourself between this is tender, I'm just gonna go easy on it, versus this is painful, I'm gonna hang out here for 90 seconds. Like, you have to find that happy medium. So honor your body and don't overdo it. Really, you should not have pain when you are foam rolling. Now, the National Institute of Health probably did one of the biggest and only research programs that I could find on the effects of foam rolling on performance and recovery. And this is what they said. In conclusion, their meta-analysis illustrates that pre-rolling seems to be an effective strategy for short-term improvements in flexibility without decreasing muscle performance. The review has also shown that the improvement of sprint performance to be expected from the use of pre-rolling, as well as the recovery rate of the, of the performance measures of speed and strength with post-rolling are significant enough to be relevant for elite athletes. The underlying mechanisms, however, remain elusive and the effects are in part contradictory. While the effects of foam rolling on muscle functions were less clear, the positive effects of alleviating muscle soreness with a larger body of evidence endorsed the utilization of post-rolling. And as a psychological point, they say psychological aspects definitely play an important role in most sports. And the fact that an athlete feels less pain after pre-rolling might be sufficient enough to justify its use despite the absence of measurable physiological benefits. <laughs> in addition, the almost complete absence of side effects might favor recovery supporting foam rolling intervention. So 
again, they have a lot more research to do. They cannot, they really have not pinpointed exactly what is happening and how it's happening. And if it's happening, they've done sort of a very light level of research. And basically what they're saying is, look, there's really no side effects in a negative way, as long as you don't overdo it like I did, to foam rolling. It seems to help some of your muscle soreness. It might help a little bit in the beginning before a workout to help that warm up and flexibility and blood flow. That's not going to hurt you. That's a good thing. So again, if it feels good and you're getting a benefit from it, awesome. But if it's not and you don't feel any different, then you might be able to get away and just do some of your static stretching post-workout or dynamic stretching before. So to really wrap it up for you, never static stretch before a workout. Before a workout, we wanna do the dynamic stretching. And if you have time, you could do a little bit of rolling on top of that. And then after the workout, that's when you're gonna do your static stretch and then roll. Honestly, I don't think you should do just one. I don't think people should just foam roll without stretching. I think still stretching is super important. If I had to pick one, if I could only do one, I probably would stretch. But I think that adding foam rolling is an incredible benefit. And so if you have the time to do both, I think it is a great way to help you, whether it be for the performance of the workout or for the recovery of the workout. So there you've got it. And certainly if I come up with more research over the next months or years, I will be the first to bring it to you. I'm sure that it is something we will see more research on over the years, but foam rolling really sort of just took off in the land of fitness and nobody really asked any questions. They just sort of listened to the owners of the companies who said, yes, it does A, B, and C, but really there was no research to back it up. But again, it's not going to hurt you. So go ahead. If you love the way it feels, get it done. But just make sure that you always warm up, cool down, and stretch. Because what you do before a workout will affect the workout. And what you do after the workout will affect the recovery. So make sure those things are just as important as the training in between. And there you have it. So a lot of people are asking me, it's like, Hey, can I get into the body? Can I get into the five week program? And I have been sold out for the last few weeks. So just email me, Kim at earnthatbody.com, because I will fit you into the next week I have open. So Earn That Body now are the five week sessions for the first phase are done privately. I no longer do group sessions so that I can start people every single Monday. Um, but the problem is I can't take a lot of people. It is limited how many people I can take at a time. So yes, I've been sold out, but just email me so that we can get you into the first available opening if you are looking for help with your nutrition, with your weight loss, and with your workouts. Now, on the other side of that, I have a lot of athletes coming to me who want personalized nutrition, but they already have a workout plan. They're triathletes, they're marathoners. That's awesome. I have a four-week private nutrition program just for my athletes. They don't; It doesn't include the workouts, um, but it will help you make sure that you're eating enough, help you with weight loss while you're maybe in an intense workout program because that's a really hard thing to do. That's a whole different conversation. Um, and I can help you with fueling as well. Also have been sold out for the last few weeks, but email me so I can get you into the next 
available space. You can always reach out to me, Kim at EarnThatBody.com. I am super excited. I feel like 2021 truly is, it's gonna be a great year. It's gonna be tough in some ways, but it's starting to get better. I feel like we can see the light at the end of the pandemic, but please still be safe, wear your masks. And everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Earn That Body podcast. Always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information that you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.